what we make of it. Shotgun wedding. Sometimes a first date requires paperwork. A Good Omens fic, written by Charlotte Madison and read by Literarian. Chapter 27 The fat spring snowflakes hung heavy on their coats and caught in Crowley's hair as they walked back, enchanted by the sight of the snow floating out of the darkness. Crowley kept interrupting Aziraphale's thoughts on poetry to point out the many times he resisted putting slush down Aziraphale's back. He also threw a wet snowball after a passing Porsche after it honked at some women on the curb. The drifts accumulated minute by minute until their feet crunched properly with every step. <laughs> Where you off to? Crowley laughed suddenly. Aziraphale realized he was opening the door to the Viper Room out of habit. The bar music and chatter filtered out into the street. Oh, well, silly me. Have fun, Angel. See you at home. Crowley continued to his own door, and Aziraphale shuffled to catch up. Aziraphale used his new keycard to let them in. They took the lift up together for the first time. As he stomped off the snow and hung up his coat, Aziraphale realized that returning to Crowley's condo felt less than he'd imagined he would. He had expected to be surprised, or nervous, or elated, or something, but it didn't feel like anything except arriving at his destination. It felt natural. Here I am he thought, suppressing his nervous inner chatter, and he did his best to leave it at that. Crowley toweled off his dripping red hair and then started mixing whiskey cocktails in the kitchen. His shoulders were loose, his jaw relaxed. He showed no sign of the crackling anxiety he'd channeled through most of Wednesday. He asked Aziraphale to set out the dessert and patiently allowed him to fumble through the cupboards and drawers, hunting for the necessaries. Aziraphale requested herbal tea to follow the cocktails, and Crowley took care of it. They settled onto the stools that were becoming their de facto assigned seats, weary and wordless and content. Is it bad form to suggest we simply retire after this? asked Aziraphale, scratching his husband's back affectionately. It was nice, he reflected, to sit side by side. It felt as if they were facing things together. Things like takeaway dessert and tea and the weekend. Retire? In this economy? Crowley cut a corner of the award-winning tiramisu and offered the first bite to Aziraphale. Before accepting, Aziraphale filled his fork with the avocado almond cheesecake and reciprocated. They clinked crossed forks as if they were champagne glasses and exchanged two different kinds of sweetness. 
Aziraphale led the way to the bedroom when they were finished. He knew which doors were which now. He changed into his robe and he hung all of his clothes in his side of the closet. He stacked a few socks and underthings neatly in his drawer. He set his books on his bedside table. He found the promised toothbrush and a dedicated towel. There was only one laundry basket and Aziraphale consciously thought, why the hell not, as he tossed his socks in. His inner naysayers went wild over that one, but it amused him somehow to hear them scramble. Until the weekend was over, they could all go to hell. Crowley returned from brushing his teeth and fell backwards onto the bed, legs dangling. He was still dressed and he looked utterly spent. Aziraphale sat beside him and combed fingers through his hair. That's me then, sighed Crowley. All done. Shall I help you with these? asked Aziraphale, running two fingers around the inside of his collar. I'll take that as a yes, Aziraphale decided, and he began unbuttoning Crowley's shirt and waistcoat. It's nice to have you here, Crowley slurred sleepily. What, you mean you didn't want to stay at mine after all? We could pretend the bed is very small and Tracy could walk in at any moment. I mean, if that's the sort of thing you're into. Aziraphale gave Crowley a good pinch for that, right under the ribs. Crowley squirmed and laughed. (laughs) Oh, fuck's sake, Angel! Then some shadow crossed his face and the previous night's nerves seemed to return to him. He closed his eyes and worked himself up to saying something that didn't want to be said. So, mm, since, um, since we're on the subject, what are you into? I have no idea, been trying to find a way to ask. Aziraphale pulled on Crowley's green tie and he took the hint and sat up allowing Aziraphale to slip off his shirt and tie and all. You're doing fine so far, Aziraphale said hesitantly. No complaints. Crowley flopped back down, half naked, with his hands clasped behind his head. You're doing fine so far, he retorted. The tie thing's great, keep that up. But I mean, I'm sort of fumbling around, hoping for the best here, and I'd rather, uh, fumble informed? I mean, we haven't. I, you know, at some point we should probably, yeah, you know? With a sigh, Aziraphale stood so he could tug off Crowley's socks. We should probably, yeah, you know, he echoed. You should tell me more about... About things like that, that you do or don't, um... Aziraphale made a face 
and immediately wished he had the self-control not to. I ought to tell you more. That goes both ways, you know. He worked Crowley's trousers and boxer briefs off, hoping to look sexy, even though something wasn't quite clicking. He tried lowering his voice, though he'd never been any good at dirty talk. You've already taken very good care of me tonight. How would you like me to take care of you right now? You can be specific, if you like. Despite the hypothetical heat of the moment, the blood drained from Crowley's face and everywhere else. He looked flustered. I... <sighs> they were both safed when Crowley's phone began buzzing on the nightstand. He shot to his feet, drowsiness banished, and answered right away. What? Yeah, all good? Yes. Good, fine. But bloody hell, it's after eleven. You half gave me a heart attack. What's up? Dunno, let me ask. Yes, he's here, don't think about it. Crowley ceased his pacing and turned to Aziraphale. Did you hear from the district about the snow day? Aziraphale had left his phone in his overcoat pocket, so he had no idea. We find out at the same time the parents do these days, he said. Did you get an email? So Crowley checked. Then he actually jumped and did a ridiculous little spin in the nude. Yeah, Adam, rumors are true. You going to Peppers with the crew then? Yeah. Yeah, we'll play it by ear. I'll try. Can you be my alibi, even though you're not here? Great, great. Yeah, well, this triumph. Show no mercy. Hi to Beezus. Ciao. Crowley hung up and leapt onto the bed on all fours, jubilant and wide awake. Snow day, angel, he declared, and then he kissed Aziraphale hard. For the district, not for you. Unless you're playing hooky. Nah, I get to work from home. Have to send a few emails to arrange it, but I can't possibly go to the office when I have a kid out of school, can I? With that, Crowley bounced into a seated, cross-legged tangle, cradling his mobile and typing frantically. Give me like ten minutes to be rude right now, and then we can sleep in tomorrow and do whatever the fuck we feel like all weekend. Snow day. Aziraphale's heart fluttered with a joyful, childlike thrill. But since Crowley was already lost in his phone, there was no one to share the feeling with. It really was an alienating little invention. Aziraphale supposed he ought to check his messages from the district too, so he went to fetch his phone and bring it back to bed. Even though Crowley was a fast and focused typist, his promised ten minutes stretched past twenty. Aziraphale eventually got cosy under the covers and tried to read poetry, but he couldn't focus, so he flipped idly between applications. 
After 28 minutes, he opened Signal and began to bother Crowley. Today, 11.13pm. Darling. Sweetheart. Puppet. Lambikins. He liked hearing the phone buzz just a few feet to his left, knowing that it was his doing. Crowley didn't even glance his way as he fired off a response. Now who's angling for attention? Even stark naked, Crowley looked so businesslike, sitting up straight for once in his life, with the jersey sheet pulled over his lap. Aziraphale found himself staring at the soft fabric stretched across those sharp knees. The folds in between were truly distracting. He thought about how it would feel to see them twitch, just a little. To make them move. He started signaling again, and began to find that he could type things that he would never say out loud. You may not be able to articulate what you want me to do for you tonight, but I can think of a few things. Crowley turned to glare at him with vivid, mismatched eyes, and Aziraphale decided that irritating his husband was his new favourite pastime. Crowley kept trying to work, but he couldn't help taking the bait every so often. I have quite a vivid imagination, and it's been running wild since you arrived at the restaurant. No, let me be truthful. It's been running wild all day. Oi, work in here. And you're doing so well. Very responsible of you. Don't mind me, I'm only thinking about what you might taste like. I don't know yet, you see. So much exploration still ahead of us. So much to learn. Angel. Perhaps you have a favourite toy? Is it in that drawer there? Seriously, let me finish. Wanna talk about this for real? Oh, you'll finish? The question is when and how. <laughs> I wonder what Tracy gave us, don't you? And how might we use it? Crowley shook his head, rolled his shoulders and typed doggedly on. Other things I'd love to know. Which is your favourite body part? Mine might be the neck. Specifically, your neck. Or perhaps your hips. That crease on the inside. What is that called? Aziraphale paused to look it up. He had known its name once. He'd always liked that spot, but he'd never seen anything like Crowley's lean and wiry reinvention of the whole region. Ah, the Iliac Pharaoh. Apollo's belt. Fuck, Angel. You just made me write the word cum gutters instead of communicate. To my boss. What an atrocious term. 
I much prefer Iliac Pharaoh. You would. I prefer yours, in fact. I should very much like to know, my dear, at your earliest convenience, how they taste. The jersey sheets moved. Exactly where Aziraphale had hoped they would. Crowley squirmed and typed faster. Aziraphale felt the frisson of a victory in some cosmic game, as if he'd just won at a hand of cards against the universe. He rather liked the poetry he was writing. This modern format could be genuinely inspiring. And I have not yet seen you naked enough times to remember every detail. But I recall being fascinated by your ass. Now Crowley twisted his back and writhed in earnest, pressing a fist down into the mattress so he could adjust his seating. The sheets jumped again after he settled, more insistently this time. Oh my, you've gone all wiggly now, haven't you? Wiggly? Crowley yelled aloud, throwing his phone down onto the duvet. Aziraphale smiled, all innocence. Crowley grumbled atonally and flopped down onto his side, facing away. He grabbed his phone and pulled up the covers with a defiant oomph. You are gonna get it, Angel. Oh, I do hope so. I sent my emails. Free of anatomical references, I hope. Find out tomorrow. So, since you're so talkative now, what do you like? What else you want to do to me? Don't you go all bashful now. I'm not even looking. You there? I don't know where to start. Body parts, go. Which ones? Your hair. You know I keep it just long enough to grab hold of. Do you like that? I do. Muchly. You mentioned you're good at back rubs. I am. Demonstration imminent. Important question. What do you think about thighs? Well, yours are remarkable. How do you feel about me being completely gone on your thighs? Because that is the situation, I'm afraid. What do you mean by that? Want to fucking worship them. Want to fuck them if you'll let me one day. Is that good breathing fast or bad breathing fast? Just thinking. We really don't know much about each other. Angel, first of all, if I do or mention anything you're not into, ever, it's off the table. No cues asked. Please, please, please tell me. Boundaries. 
Aziraphale sighed. With all his love of language, he couldn't imagine how to say the next long overdue words, the ones he absolutely owed to his new partner now. Yesterday. Crowley rolled over to face him. They looked at one another for a long minute, not speaking, not writing. Aziraphale finally opened his mouth, but his voice had deserted him entirely. So he shifted onto his back with a huff, feeling ridiculous, and began typing again. He knew he was about to kill the mood, but it had to be done. I don't know anything about your sexual history, or habits, or previous partners, or level of caution. We never even talked about exclusivity. Well, I failed in my duty to ask you, or tell you. Chicken shit of me. Very sorry. I've never been gifted at having these talks. I tried to bring it up, but let's be real, I failed. Epically. Knew I was failing too. Made a lot of assumptions already. We shouldn't be too hard on ourselves. It is only our second date. <laughs> you said hard on, Angel. To the point. Can we share expectations? What, now that we're married, you want to have a DTR talk? Aziraphale chuckled aloud. He had been dreading this, but there was a chance it wouldn't be so bad. Wasn't the reality of talking with Crowley always better than the anxious rehearsals he undertook in his mind? So he rolled over, turning away from his husband, and behind him he felt Crowley do the same. But it didn't feel distant, lying back to back. It felt close and secure. Right, let's do this. Text easier than talking. Oh, heavens, yes. I would prefer exclusive, Angel. At least for a long time. If that's okay with you. If you need something else, we could talk. Yes. Yes, exclusive. Yes, exclusive. Yes, good, relief. So, what else do you need to know? What would make you feel safe? Nobody's ever put it like that before. Since you're apparently thinking about that a while, I'll share. I got tested again the Monday after I thought of this mad plan. Because I'm a foolish optimist like that. So like ten days ago now. Clean bill of health. Haven't had partner sex in ten months. Very few hookups since Adam got sick three years ago. No boyfriends. I went a bit wild for about a year right after Lil died, which wasn't great for me emotionally. Needed to feel alive right then, I guess. But I've always been very careful health-wise. 
Condoms for penetration and oral sex, no exceptions, save with one three-year exclusive partner and the ex-husband. I shouldn't have broken this rule with you. I'm sorry. I knew I didn't pose a risk to you, but I made assumptions about what risks you were willing to take. We should have talked about it. Thank you for telling me. I feel the same. We should have talked about it. I felt safe with you, but that's no excuse. Have you been tested? Not recently, but more than six months after my last partner. I can go again if you want. Never a bad idea. What's your history like? A big X? Or a few? Or shorter things? I came out very late. That impacted my history significantly. Let's just say that this is a very significant relationship in my timeline. I'll show you significant. Just you wait. So what would make you feel safe and satisfied in bed? Safe and satisfied. That's a framing I like. Just occurred to me. Should become a campaign or something. I'll email Planned Parenthood. This conversation feels safe. Good. You've made space for me here. Want you to want to be here. Want you to feel good here. Yes, you're very diligent about that. So here's the thing. I very much get off on getting my partner off. It's codependent slash terrific. So if I seem overly concerned with what you want, that's why. But that seems to fit well with your sort of chill dom vibe. I'm not especially interested in dominance. Nor giving orders. You happen to be ridiculously good at it, and I do not mind. Mainly, I like to feel that I'm in control of my experience, of myself. I feel safest that way. I don't feel much desire to control anyone else. Yeah, that scans. I don't like surprises, and I don't like feeling out of control. Have you ever felt out of control in a bad way? In the past? Never in a traumatic way. I had unpleasant experiences that taught me I like to be in control. As most people do while they learn their boundaries. Just bad or boring sex, nothing worse. And now I know. Yeah. Can I ask with what in particular? Take your time. Penetration. Assumptions have gone awry in the past. Oh, fuck. Nothing I didn't want ever happened. I just pushed myself to like it, but I never did.
I kept trying because it was expected of me, by some. I thought it might get better for me with practice or experimentation or different partners, but it didn't. Yes, I understand. My personality has led people to infer things about my preferences that were not correct, so... You mean people assumed you bottomed because you're polite and they never asked? Yes. It brought a number of dates to a screeching halt back in the day. That's why I'm wary of these conversations. And now here we are, and I'm telling you far too late. I'm very sorry. Wait, sorry? Why? Do not sorry. No. Nope. Stop it, Angel. I've been nervous about bringing this up, because I didn't know what you'd expect. Or what you want. I was so afraid that we might not be sexually compatible in the end. But I still should have said something sooner. Angel. I hope I haven't disappointed you with this news. Angel, angel, angel. Aziraphale. Fuck. Shut up a second, hang on. There was a shift and a shuffle across the bed, and then Aziraphale felt a wave of warmth pressing up against him. Crowley had inched downward so that they fit like puzzle pieces, back to back, his head settling behind Aziraphale's neck, the curves of their spines offset so they nested together. Crowley's lungs filled with air, and Aziraphale felt the breath expansive and warm in the small of his back. It was deeply comforting. Crowley typed for a long time. Angel, listen here, I'm making you a list, don't argue. 1. Fuck apologies. 2. Thrilled you want to have sex at all. I wasn't sure it was even on the table, let alone this soon. And I was okay with that when I proposed, for the record. 3. Clearly, even if we just keep doing what we've done so far, we are compatible. You make me see stars. 3. You are kind and gentle and thoughtful and polite. And that has fuck all to do with what you enjoy in bed. 4. If anal is off the table for you, that is fine. And that's not abnormal, it's pretty fucking common. 5. I switch, but I have no need to top you. Zero tears will be shed if I never do. 6. I don't know if you top or not, but I'd very much like to know. There are two number threes in that list. Yeah, well, bonus. Point is, fuck numbers and fuck appearances, you're allowed to want what you want. It isn't completely off the table, but it would have to be carefully planned and negotiated. And not any time soon. That's exactly the way things will be then. And it doesn't bother you? 
Oh, hell no. I hadn't made any wages on your preferences anyway. Old enough to know better. That's truly a relief. I can't even tell you how much. Although, if someone had asked me to guess, can I just say... From day one, it's been clear to me that you are a bossy little tart, and I fucking love you for it. I do, by the way. Top, that is. Oh, fuck, Angel. I hope that if I am very, very, very good, you will demonstrate someday. Perhaps if you ask nicely. Capitalize something. Please. How do you always manage those without any vowels? It seems statistically unlikely. Do you delete them? No. Sometimes. A good key smash shouldn't have vowels. But I didn't edit that one. That was pure, unadulterated key smash. Sick. So, yes, I like to feel in control of my experience. That makes me feel safe. So, no surprises then. And, like, not a fan of handcuffs. Not so far, no. Do you have any idea how much better I feel knowing about all this? Well, now I demand trade in kind. What makes you feel safe and satisfied? This, this talk. Knowing how to make you feel good and never bad. I appreciate that you prioritize my pleasure, but now I'd like to know more about yours. I really do get off on getting my partners off. Is that about power? Submission? No, no, no. It's about wanting to be the right thing. Be enough. Make it all perfect. Something like that. To win approval? To feel proud? I just want to know I'm doing it right. Like... If I get it exactly correct, if I make no mistakes, then maybe I won't be sent away. Aziraphale gasped suddenly, trapping a half-sob in his throat. Without thinking, he reached with his feet to find Crowley's tangling their legs together. He felt Crowley sigh against him. Good lord, that's about the saddest notion I ever heard. It's not that sad, isn't it basically what we all think? Maybe I'll get to stay this time, maybe I'll do it right, maybe it'll last if I make zero mistakes. I tend to be a bit much as a result. Who could ever send you away? I mean, do you want the list? I have a list. I can't imagine it. So does it help you to be praised? Thanked? Not that. Makes me feel weird. 
too much spotlight. Just want to know when I'm doing it right, how not to fail. You want to be assured. Yes, 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 assured, reassured. You bloody brilliant English teacher, that is the exact word. If I know for sure I'm not fucking it up, I can relax and enjoy. So that's why you like it when I tell you what to do. Oh, fuck yes, Angel. And when you make those sounds. Sounds? Which sounds? Don't think about it. Don't ever think about it. Just don't change. And that's why you'll keep putting different beverages in front of me until I state my preference. Yes! Shit, I never thought of it like that. I've been tempted to keep quiet and see how many glasses appear on the counter. Everyone in the fucking house. And also, if you seriously want to give me a panic attack, try that sometime. If you act perfectly ambivalent yet slightly dissatisfied with me in bed, I will explode and die. Oh dear. So, specific requests are good. So I can be certain I'll not fuck up. Certainty kink. And you do so well the moment you feel certain. You must know that. Well, yes, I am very sexy at everything, actually. You may be certain that you have been marvelous with me. You have not fucked up even a little bit. You should be rewarded for all your care and devotion. Don't thank me, that feels weird. No, I said rewarded. You've taken such good care of me. You should be taken care of in return. You've earned it. How would you most like to be rewarded when you've done everything right, Crowley? Because you have. Be specific. Anatomical references, please. The body behind Aziraphale suddenly arched like a sprung trap. Crowley pulled his legs free, and they went ramrod straight with tension. His breathing had gone very loud, even shaky, and he couldn't quite lie still anymore. Aziraphale couldn't remember someone wanting him this badly, ever. A spark of confidence caught and blazed to life inside of him. He smiled to himself and began to punctuate again. Now, now, there's no need to get worked up about it. Fuck Angel. You thought of something in particular. Yeah, maybe. No. Yes. Isn't that right, darling? Someday. And I mean no rush whenever. I hope you will consider holding me down and fucking me insensible at your earliest convenience. If it interests you. I shall see if there's an opening in my schedule. 
surprised you didn't pick up on it already. I mean, did you not hear all the times I said, fuck me, in your presence, because I meant it literally every time. Please, angel, fuck me. And how do you like that best? Um, I like to be face down, flat on the bed, best angle for me. Do you like it rough or gentle? Toys or fingers or cock? Angel. All the above, though not in that order. Do you have any toys you like? Fucking farewell dignity, I'm having this conversation in writing. I use a sleeve, so I can grind into a bed during. Sleeve. Also, I'm typing one hand now, you are murdering me. Did you ever use that particular toy and think of me? Yes. <laughs> Look, if you want to be involved in this tonight, tell me soon, because that's happening now regardless. Oh, I'll be involved. You'll wait for me, won't you? Fuck, Crowley said out loud, twisting his legs together. Aziraphale's heart started pounding faster. His arousal was rapidly rising to meet Crowley's. Okay, but don't torture me, I can't stand this forever. You don't get off on that, do you? Not at all. You'll be seen to without any torture, I promise. I'm getting off on listening to your breathing right now. And feeling you squirm against me. You are wonderfully flexible. You'll be very well seen to. I'll take excellent care of you. You also seem to get off on taking me the duck apart. That's because it's the most beautiful thing I've ever witnessed. You should hear the marvellous noises you make when you run out of words. You should see yourself come undone. In fact, I think I'd very much like to see that tonight. Angel, fucking take me. How fortunate that we've documented this conversation for future reference. You even said literally. Angel! Duck this. I am throwing my phone away. And Crowley did, onto the sheepskin rug. Aziraphale abandoned his phone and rolled over to hold his husband, spoon their knees together, kiss the nape of his neck. Crowley whined and pressed back against him. Whatever you're planning to do to me, Angel, it's gonna work, he said, voice strained. Out of curiosity, since we are talking about things now, uh, uh, are all of our options open to us? Crowley entwined their legs so he could pull them even closer together. I mean, 
if you're asking if I have condoms and lube and towels, and am I a ridiculously bloody optimist who did some personal preparation tonight just in case, it's yes to all the above. Well, shall we? Aziraphale laid a heavy hand on his husband's hip. Crowley growled and pushed against it, but Aziraphale held him fast. Oh, fuck yes, like that, like that, Crowley groaned. Hold me tight, really tight. Aziraphale pinned Crowley to himself with an arm across his chest. Since you know where everything is, he murmured right into Crowley's ear. Why don't you bring me what all we need so that I can? How did you put it? Hold you down and fuck you insensible. Crowley lunged to comply, but Aziraphale held him so firmly that he couldn't get away, and Crowley liked that so well he arched his back and keened desperately. This angel, I like this, I like you like this. Aziraphale let him go. Crowley scrambled away to dig in a dresser with shaking hands for what he needed and arranged it on the bed. Aziraphale carefully rolled on the condom Crowley threw at him, laughing aloud, wondering how he could have worried so much about this. Crowley stumbled back into bed and started to shower Aziraphale with enthusiastic kisses. But Aziraphale slowly pushed him away with a hand on his chest, then laid him down onto his back. Now, now, Aziraphale chided. You've had your fun tonight, and it's my turn. Crowley stilled, but his body was tensed, tight as a wound spring. Aziraphale decided he could talk and work at the same time. Crowley wanted to have a conversation about sex, then they would have a conversation. He straddled Crowley's thighs, pinned his legs together, and as he ran his hands up and down that slender body, he found the inspiration he needed to speak. I've been longing for the chance to make a more leisurely study of all this. Last night was lovely, but I didn't have the time to be as thorough as I'd like. As thorough as you deserve. Aziraphale traced the cords and hollows of Crowley's throat, dug his fingers into his fiery hair, pulled the tension in the back of his neck down and out toward his shoulders. The topography is truly stunning. This is a landscape I could spend ages admiring. So dynamic. So wild. He rubbed and then flicked at Crowley's nipples, felt the slats of his ribs, traversed the plane of his stomach. Crowley's eyes widened more and more, his breathing growing louder and laboured. And here we come to one of my favourite landmarks, Aziraphale continued, the Iliac Pharaoh. 
he ran his thumbs firmly up and down the steep V of Crowley's hips, making him whine. His cock twitched in anticipation. His hands found Aziraphale's knees, and he gripped them for dear life. Aziraphale put a fist down for balance and leaned over him. You've observed how I save a food, of course. Frankly, I'd be embarrassed to say how long I've wanted to taste you. He ducked to kiss Crowley's neck from jaw to clavicle to feel the rapid pulse pounding there. Do you know, your neck was one of the first things I noticed about you. I kept trying not to look. It gave me a great deal of trouble. He repeated the exercise on the other side. Gk, said Crowley, Adam's apple bobbing. Aziraphale felt the sound under his lips. And perhaps the reason it gave me so much trouble is that it made me wonder what this looked like. Aziraphale said and paused to lick Crowley's collarbone. And these. He kissed and then sucked and then gently bit Crowley's nipples. First one, then the other. But most of all, here. The shape is the same, you see. Aziraphale traced the tendons of Crowley's neck with his fingertips, then did the same to the crease of his left hip. Crowley shivered all over. And of course that thought was entirely inappropriate at the time, wasn't it? I'd barely had a few minutes' conversation with you. Such crude thoughts to be entertaining about some handsome stranger. You were on to me that early in our acquaintance, Crowley managed, his speech halting every time Aziraphale's fingers trailed too close to his groin. Oh, darling, I'm sure it wasn't love at first sight, not really, Aziraphale admitted but it was certainly something at first sight. I confess, much to my chagrin, that I dreamed of doing exactly this the very first time we met. A thousand apologies for my licentious presumption. Aziraphale placed his mouth right in the heart of that lovely valley, kissing and then licking his way down and up the long line of his husband's right hip. Crowley began to buck involuntarily, and Aziraphale held him down while he treated the other side to more of the same. And finally, he continued, As I mentioned before, I've been terribly jealous of you for the last twenty-four hours. Aziraphale turned his attention now to Crowley's balls and the soft thatch of red hair above them. He stroked, caressed, fondled, pressed into the yielding skin. You got a taste of me, but I haven't had a taste of you. I think we shared all the food we've had together so far, haven't we? Emergency pizza, 
the wedding cake, your beautiful crepes, our dinner tonight. So it's only fair. <sighs> Was all Crowley had to say as Aziraphale licked his cock and then took it in his mouth to suck on the tip. Crowley's legs shuddered and his feet flexed and Aziraphale felt it through his own cock where it was nestled between Crowley's thighs. He sat up once more, not wanting Crowley to rush too far ahead. I hope you will forgive me my sins, darling. Jealousy, lust, greed. I'd like to blame you for being so very tempting, but you can hardly help it, can you? Beer. Crowley stammered. What was that? I never, never tasted your beer. Should I bring you one? They're just in the fridge. No, fuck's sake, angel fuck. Was that a request? Yes, yes, fuck me, Aziraphale, for the love of something, anything, please. Look here. Aziraphale filled a hand with lube and wrapped it around his own cock, making a show of slicking it up with long, slow strokes. Crowley stared with lips parted, enraptured, bracing himself on one elbow to get a better view. Aziraphale rose up onto his feet, feeling strong and sure, feeling desire. Crowley reached out and cupped his balls softly, as if he couldn't resist them, with an expression of amazement. He looked up. I love you, said Crowley. I love you. Turn over, said Aziraphale. Oh, fuck. Crowley did. The landscape changed. Aziraphale was presented with the glorious, angled plains of Crowley's back, the peaks of his spine, the muscles spanning his shoulders. And that perfect, pert, little, freckled rear end, and the dimples just above it, it all shifted seismically as Crowley rearranged and readied for his reward. Aziraphale had meant to make a thorough study here as well, but with Crowley groaning beneath him, he decided he could linger some other time. He lay down alongside his love and reached with his well-looped right hand to start circling and teasing him open. Crowley started the process of coming beautifully undone. He lifted his head from his folded arms, eyes hungry, mouth wide open, so that Aziraphale could kiss him soundly. Crowley's body vibrated with tension, even his lips trembled, but he still opened easily to admit Aziraphale's middle finger, then two fingers. Aziraphale hadn't done this in some time, and as he searched and stroked, he feared he might not live up to whatever Crowley had envisioned. But when his crooked knuckles apparently hit the spot, Crowley broke the kiss, 
gasping, and pounded a fist into the bed. He launched into a litany of breathless fucks of every pitch and duration, pressing his face into the sheets, flexing his legs and grinding down hard as Aziraphale tried for the same spot again. With eyes shut tight, face red, muscles straining, hair wild, Crowley was a sight. Aziraphale's heart thundered in his chest. He hadn't lied. It was the most beautiful thing to witness. He wanted to lie still and watch it all unfold. But Crowley was begging. Please, 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 fucking please. And his voice was so vulnerable and exposed. Yes, 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 Aziraphale answered as he sat up. You've done so well. You've done everything right, he said as he bracketed Crowley with his knees and slicked himself with a little more loop for good measure. And this is yours. This is all for you. Crowley arched his back and presented himself, open and inviting, and Aziraphale braced to press carefully inside him. Oh, oh, of course, oh, he hadn't expected, oh, oh. His throat contracted, and he realized he was saying it out loud. Oh, oh, oh. Aziraphale's composure toppled like a tower of blocks, all scattered and turned over. The depths inside of him shifted, the locks had opened, the water sought its new level. He lost his grasp on coherent thought, while his skin and senses roared into a heightened awareness. How had he forgotten it would feel like this? He'd been so focused on Crowley, he had forgot, 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 how? He was reduced to blazing sparks and waves of sensation. Even through the protection of the condom, even after being backed up against a door and ravished mere hours ago, Aziraphale was completely overwhelmed. He was not alone. Crowley contorted and groaned with the intensity of the moment. Aziraphale was motionless, shocked by the tight heat clasping his cock, so Crowley pushed back slowly, wanting more, taking more. Aziraphale looked at his lover all stretched out, at the muscles straining in his back and shoulders, and a purely physical desire crested in him, washing away the poetry that usually bore him along at times like these. His senses spilled over, his narrative flooded, drifting away. This was far too vast for words. Too vast for vast. He grabbed hold of Crowley's hip bones and pulled, 
and the sound Crowley made was a perfect expression of this mighty, wordless wanting. Amen, something answered reflexively from the far corner of Aziraphale's subconscious. Amen, amen, amen. For a moment, they were both upright on their knees, parallel bolts of lightning interlocked, looking skyward. Aziraphale caught a glimpse of them in the mirror across the room and moaned, feeling he might lose control at the mere sight of it. But Crowley knew what he wanted, and he fell back down onto his hands, then coaxed Aziraphale to join him all the way down on the mattress. Aziraphale had never tried it exactly this way before, lying down flat, it felt strange on the first thrust, but it made Crowley yowl and shake. So he gave himself over to it, starting with a slow rhythm, then giving in to Crowley's pleas to take it faster. Crowley bent one knee and found Aziraphale's foot with his own, just like at Le Jardinet, under the table, and supported him there, giving Aziraphale the control and leverage to push harder. It felt incredible. Crowley was speaking. Aziraphale struggled to make sense of it. Put your full weight on me, he was saying. Down off your elbows, please come all the way down here. Aziraphale was too lost to do anything but obey, even though he felt vaguely concerned about crushing his lover. But Crowley cried out ecstatically, grinding hard against the mattress. He grabbed at Aziraphale's hands, interlacing their fingers overhead, pulling their faces together cheek to cheek, binding them closer than Aziraphale had ever felt to anyone before, bodies all aligned, breath and movement synchronized, that anchoring foot to hold him fast. He drove in as deeply as he could, over and over, until he felt completely lost in and supported by the body beneath his. His focus narrowed more and more until he ceased hearing their shared cries and felt them resonating through his chest instead. Oh, fuck, said Crowley, which was all he had been saying, really, but this time he said it in a different tone. And Aziraphale wondered if this was it. It was. Crowley's breathing went wild, his body contracted and began to shake beyond rhythm. Aziraphale got up on his elbows to ride him through it. Finally, there, that was it, that was the moment. Crowley's voice climbed high and breathy and he wailed. Ah, 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 ah and Aziraphale watched in astonishment as Crowley came, gripping the bed as if he were in danger of falling off. 
and Crowley was gripping him too where they were joined, contracting and pulsing, tight and demanding, running Aziraphale's cock right up to the edge. He hadn't expected to finish again. But then a great many new things were happening to him tonight, and if he could simply let them, maybe... Come on, gasped Crowley. Come on, if you want to. I do, I do want, said Aziraphale, and he held Crowley's hands, and he thrust again and again and again, until he did. The locks all flew open. The sensation thundered through in rapids and rush. Aziraphale sobbed tearlessly over Crowley's back, letting go and loosening one tendon at a time. He suspended himself there, shuddering, for several breaths. Lie on top of me, lie down, please, Crowley entreated. You, are you, you sure? God, I want you to, please. Crowley had gone entirely liquid, the way he always seemed to when he had a chair to confound. Aziraphale was afraid he'd press all the air out of him. But he did as he was asked, lying down onto Crowley's back with the whole of his weight, nestling his head into the crook of Crowley's neck. Crowley sighed, as if he'd been waiting a lifetime for this. Can you breathe at all? Yes, perfect, he drawled, unhurried, one low syllable at a time. The no feels like it just presses all my anxiety out. Wish I could stay like this forever. You're all right, then? Yeah. Did you not hear all the yelling? I did, but it was ambiguous at times. Well, that was mostly Crowley for I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm the most all right I've ever been, please for fuck's sake don't stop. I understood the fuck part. Yeah, that usually translates. You were right, Angel. Aziraphale took inventory, first physically, then emotionally. He felt emptied out in the best possible way. His fears and worries were too dazed to say a thing. This whole evening had thrown them for a loop. The poor things were probably cowering in some remote corner for now. He chuckled aloud to himself at the thought. <laughs> yes, I'm all right. Hey, said Crowley. Snow day. Snow day. Sounds wonderful. Good thing you brought a book. Aziraphale thought about walking in the snow about watching kids run and play in the park, about curling up to read in a window overgrown with greenery 
about Coco and cooking and playing cards. He thought about feeling safe. Have we turned off all the alarms for tomorrow, love? He asked, and he kissed Crowley's neck.